Hey everyone, and welcome back to Creative Emotions. Creative Emotions. It's okay, it's, it's 9 a.m. right now. <laughs> creative Yo Motions. Yeah, Yo Motions. Yo Motions. <laughs> Words are going to be hard today. Um, we'll but get yeah. through it together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Alex. Uh, Cedric. Hello, people of the internet. I'm Jenny. Yes. And today, we're going to be talking about a very sad emotion. Yep. It, it's, it, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, wah, it's a... Wah, wah. But we're hoping that, um, well, you know, while talking through this emotion that, we, you know, we find ways to like, you know, you know, to uh, work through it and deal yeah. with it. But we all feel it. And I think the emotion uh, that we're going to be talking about is sorrow 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 i think of that bluegrass movie i am a man of oh, sorrow um, oh um oh brother where art thou yes oh yeah yes. that was such a great movie yes, yes. it was, was a good movie. movie that's like a wait it's based off of um the odyssey Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like you know, just I love three things dudes like that. It's just it's an epic, but it's set in the south. So yeah, like the sirens and the cyclops and all those right. things. Yeah, they're all in there. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it's again, it's 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 down home and folksy and nice and stuff like that. I gotta get home to my wife, you know, blah blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, you gonna get married? <laughs> well, let's not get off topic anymore. Oh my gosh. We get off topic too much, but tangents. <laughs> tangents are crazy, but yeah. Um, I will say. So the first question I'm gonna talk, ask you guys is, what events in your life have been a cause of great sorrow? Boom. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So let's the, go, Jenny. The one that kind of comes to mind. I think sorrow can come in like different forms like but it's typically like a loss of something mm-hmm. right um so i had a situation at work i'm a very naturally like shy quiet person i'm fine with that i like being that way um but i had just kind of like i'd been working with my team like my managers and um, I was a supervisor at the time, so I'd been working with my managers and, like, my fellow supervisors for a while. Like, I was feeling really comfortable in my position and starting to take on more, like, um, take on different projects and just a little bit more responsibility outside of, like, what we are typical day-to-day kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. just special projects and stuff. Like, I led um, this pop-up location, which was super fun. Um, and had a really great time with that. And like our management team, like specifically like the top two people in that, like really trusted me to lead that and like really organize it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had felt like I was getting a lot of their respect and trust too, which was like so important to me to have, like, it just gave me a really big confidence boost Mm -hmm. and like just kind of made me feel like more of the team and more like I was stepping up and like being myself. Then a couple months after that, um, actually it wasn't even that long, but um, we had a change up in our management team mm-hmm. and basically everybody that I'd been working with left <laughs> and they had to move to like a different area. Um, so like they were still with the company, but in like different areas and we got an entirely new management team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, 
like they just was it because like it was like a new location that they needed more people at or no it's like um it's kind of a thing that they do so i was working at disneyland oh um so it's kind of a thing that they do um to sort of keep management like fresh and to get people to know different aspects of the park so they're like more well-rounded managers like typically that's one of the things like it changes up every few years but we just happen to have like a long-standing team at the time and then Mm, things just kind of it was just like things changed up and there was different things like going on Mm -hmm. um at the park like you know different like movements and things so um but they had to go work in different areas and then we got all new people in and honestly i just felt defeated (laughs) like i just felt so crushed by it like i had you know it's it's really interesting working with people, especially in customer service, because it's all people based, which mm-hmm. I really do enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what I found is that you really have to, like, learn to work with people, especially your managers, like, mm-hmm. because everybody, like, as long as you're doing the work, like, that's pretty much fine, like, mm-hmm. as long as it gets done. But everybody kind of has their own priorities and everybody likes things done a certain way. Mm. So like getting used to having a management team and like learning how to work with them and like learning how they interact with you in different situations, like that gives you a sense of like comfort, at least for me, like a sense of stability and comfort. It's like, okay, we have an understanding, like I know how to work with you, you know my work style, you know, that I'm reliable and everything and I'm going to get things done. And then to have that completely switch, you know, it's it's like learning how to interact with a whole new set of people, what their expectations are going to be, what they need from you because they hadn't worked in that. Um, I think a lot of them came from like different departments. They hadn't been in stores. Mm-hmm. like So really we had to like kind of take on different things, but also, <laughs> you know, like learn how what their working styles were and what they were going to expect and what they wanted out of their new position too. And, you know, as a, as kind of like a subordinate, your job is partially to like make your managers look good. Like that helps, that really does help make your team kind of flourish. So, mm. um, you know, cause everybody, that kind of thing. But so that was really hard and I took it hard for a long time actually. Aww. Um, okay. It got better, but yeah, could, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was hard. I see. But, but not, uh, so to clarify, then you kind of you you were, well, you kind of stuck with it, right? Like you, yeah. you stayed with the same department. You stayed with the same department, and then you, um, and so you you managed through it. So that's really really good. Yeah. Like I mean, in certain, and I know I've heard in similar situations, right? When a lot of um, employers that you've worked well with you feel productive with when they leave or like a certain element is now missing right and it's like it really puts people in a like a sorrowful mode and it also puts them in a contemplative one where it's just like do i really want to continue to stay here and continue to do this do i really want to manage these new expectations or follow a whole new system or whatever maybe or would it make more sense for me to also move maybe towards where my team is going if I could, or in general, just do something different or new. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just kind of got back into like, I guess sort of a routine of doing like 
not the bare minimum. Like I did my job well, but mm-hmm. like I I just kind of stopped branching out more like I had mm. done. So it was kind of more like just focus on the day to day and doing that well. Um, but yeah, just kind of, I think I, I think I really lost that like kind of spark of not enjoyment, but like, I, I guess that little extra motivation to like, um, to kind of put yourself out there. right? Yeah. And to, to want to like excel, mm. like if that, I know it's kind of hard because it's like, I wanted to do my job well, like, and I had other people, like the people that were under me and like the people that I was supervising that I still felt like committed to and like really wanted to like, I always saw it as like my job is to make your day easier and like mm-hmm. you know as while well, I'm getting my stuff done but or taking care of my responsibilities so I had like that kind of sense of responsibility like I need to do well for them I think subconsciously but I didn't yeah I didn't I didn't feel that sense of like I, I lost that desire to like excel and like go out of my go out of my bounds kind of thing and like push for more yeah okay yeah i think like at least with work i got you like i don't like i used to work at disneyland too Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you were there when uh they still had big thunder ranch Mm -hmm. yeah i used to um be a dishwasher over there okay um and there was rumor spreading that you know big thunder ranch um was gonna close down right because star wars land which now we have star wars land yep (laughs) Um, Spoiler alert, there's no Big Thunder Ranch There is no Big anymore. Thunder Ranch, <laughs> yep. So, and the interesting thing, when when uh, we found out that Big Thunder Ranch was was going to be uh, teared down for mm. Star Wars Land, um, I mean, I wasn't affected by it uh, at the time, mm-hmm. but, like, I saw so many people who was working at the ranch, the, like, they were just sad, they were very depressed. Yeah. Like, like p- people were crying. Yeah. Because... Like, the most interesting thing was that um, they said that Big Thunder Ranch was probably the best place for a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, type job at Disneyland mm-hmm. um, to be because not only were there great people there, yep. it was just how the structure was built and mm-hmm. how the management was was you know was well grounded. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was 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 connected with everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, like I've never seen such a huge crowded community, like actually, actually work together in such a really grand way. Mm. Cause like the, the, the servers were nice with the dishwashers. The dishwashers were like nice too. Um, you know, the, 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 the prep cooks and everything. Mm. Like it was, it was like really organized cause like it was just set up in such a nice way that everyone was able to you know relate to everybody yeah you know it wasn't really like secluded quarters or anything like that right it was it, really it, it was, sounds like a really yeah con- a really good team yeah <laughs> yeah it was, yeah, like it was really open. yeah, yeah like a well a well-knit team mm-hmm. yeah and the interesting thing about it was when um was was like i didn't realize how much i lost mm. well it was when i um was when I went to my new location, which was uh, Carnation Cafe. Oh, okay. And 
Um, it was much smaller than Big Thunder Ranch. Mm-hmm. I'll say that for sure. Super, super tiny. Yeah. Super tiny. Not only was like really close, like really, really smaller and close quarters, mm-hmm. like people there were just doing their own thing. Mm. It was a really different crowd from what I experienced at Big Thunder than at Big Thunder Ranch. Yeah. Um, and that was surprising to me because like, like no one really talked to anybody. Mm. No one really needed anything from anybody. They already had their own set thing, set niche. They had their ways of doing things. Already. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, like the other location that I was working at besides Carnation Cafe was, um, it's that sandwich place right next to it. Um, Where the the people in the yellow costumes? I remember, 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 remember. I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> pavilion. Oh. Yeah, the pavilion. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And that one he was even more isolated. It was actually kind of scary mm. because, like, you have a big old machine, and it's just two people. Oh wow! For for dishwashers, yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was a big old machine, two dishwashers, and we had to, and a lot of walking. But yeah. but the corner was so tight, like there was just an L shape, and that was it for the dishwasher station. Wow. It was just a huge little L shape. Depicted my whole life there at Disneyland. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. The, the letter L. <laughs> oh, man. But like, wow. It was like a huge alternative. I never really thought that I would felt that way. Like, I, I lost, you know, a really good place that I was before. Yeah. And, and you didn't realize it until you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And yeah. when I worked at Kardashian Cafe and at the pavilion, it was just not the same. It wasn't the same. I I wasn't happy there. Mm. I didn't enjoy working there. It got to the point where where you know uh, I, you know I had to go away from the company. Mm. You know, so I can definitely understand that perspective as well. Like yeah, and then it makes me think about like because I I mean like historically like I think millennials have a very different idea of labor than the generation before in the regards to like how much labor how labor is going to facilitate your happiness right mm. like a lot of people i remember the conversation used to be like uh work yeah like and then just like people just went through it mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. then they used it as a means to find other forms of happiness right um you know like extend their forms of having like i just need it for the money and then i do other things Mm -hmm. but now i think a lot of millennials and generations after perceive labor as like if this is going to be the thing that you're going to do for like at least two-thirds of your life uh theoretically like it should be something that you're happy about that you're passionate about that you feel fulfilled with right you shouldn't compromise those because then what i think people realize is like their productivity their general well-being, right, is wrapped up in like their labor. So when yeah. when little things change at work, people take that very personally. Yeah. And if big things change at work, they take it like really hard. Like they take it politically, mm. right? Like they're like, you know, like we're insured these jobs. Like what are yeah. you doing? You know, like I, I I constantly think about like you know like American factory workers, mm. and like that's where the that's where I feel like sorrow comes into like the political sphere when it comes to like you know like you're thinking about like the 50 year old or the 41 year old uh factory worker that hasn't had enough money to build up retirement but has 
the only thing they've ever done is been on that line or, or yeah. done that particular job and then there's and that that job disappears and you know they just get in that sorrow and like what am I going to do with my life I, I've lost the only thing I've ever done that's that's made me have, in a sense, a stronger sense of value, like a very material sense of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, if it's gone, like, what am I? What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? What's going to happen to the relationships that I'm in? And they, in that sorrow, it usually turns into like, sort of like, um, I guess like anger at times. Mm -hmm. It can yeah. be, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it does drive for action a lot. A lot of people, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give this much to sorrow. Sorrow typically leads to like, um, I, I don't know if, it, you know what, this is probably a big assumption then, um, but sorrow has a tendency to lead to action, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people can't sit in it for too long. Right. right? Like people don't want to. And if there's, uh, if there's a way to get out of it, um, people will, will, will reach for that way without really realizing where it might take you, right? Like. I feel like when you're the most sorrow, when you're the most sad in that sense, especially from loss or, you know, um, like, uh, yeah, just like in loss in general, you are the most emotionally vulnerable you could probably be. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, if someone told you like you lost your home or like you're, you're like, you know, like, or you're going to lose your home and you don't know what to do. And if someone comes along and kind of helps solve your problems in the right away, like I used to have a quote. That I think a friend, not a friend, like an like an older gentleman used to tell me, it's like no one, when the world is on fire, no one ever questions the man with water in his hand. Right. And then it's just like, oh, that's true. It's so true. <laughs> it's like, like, ooh. In the sake of urgency, in the sake of, and when you're in sorrow, like you you do any, you feel that it's an emergency, like you need to get out of that grief. Right. And you you tend to do actions that you shouldn't, not necessarily shouldn't do, but just like you feel. Uh, like have unintended consequences. Yeah, right? and it's my it, it might not be something that you would do mm -hmm. in a different circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. it it does it does feel in that way very reactionary, mm -hmm. right? Like I just I gotta do something. I can't I can't be in this state anymore, mm -hmm. so I have to do anything. Mm -hmm. right. Definitely, right, right? It's literally um like you know the same situation, but like. I really don't like repeating the same thing over and over on the podcast, but like it's always important to mm -hmm. always understand that some things have to be said. Yeah. Like the whole situation of where like I lived in my house for 16 years mm -hmm. when I was a kid. You know, I lived, I literally graduated with, when I was still living at that at my old house with mm -hmm. my mom. But you know, certain situations happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. House was getting foreclosed. I was in that mindset. I was panicking for mm -hmm. you know a couple months or so. Right. But like. I had to make a decision. Was it the best decision? No, it wasn't. But it had to be done. Right. right. And I had to accept the consequences afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, so. yeah, just movement is just necessary, right? Like, yeah. Um, because, um, because, like, for me, I think about myself and how I am, right? And I am not, I, I, I am not, a, like, a, I'm kind of like the opposite of Alex. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, um i'm 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 slow to make decisions mm. right and i have to think and i what i thought about was like that's really a luxury it's like mm. really a luxury to be reflective yeah because like that requires time and sometimes you just don't have it yep right and then so when i think about that like how i am it's just like it's how i am is like realizing how i am 
my personality, my insights, all of that stuff is really a privilege mm. to be, right? While like, and then like, and then it helps me understand perhaps others, mm. right? Like, um, and, and in that regard, right? Like, um, when I when I'm in deep sorrow because of my privilege of time, um, and just being in sort of like situations that allow me to reflect, like I reflect instead, right? Like, um, and so that in a sense, like I hasten my actions. But sometimes I get overly involved in my reflection too, and mm. I think, and then there's an importance, right? Like sometimes you just need to make a decision. Like you can think about it to death, right? It can be in the theoretical forever, yeah. But until actually something happens, you'll never have enough more information to actually move forward, right? Right. And so I think about like, yeah, sorrow has that tendency. Like I think, depending how you are, depending on the circumstances that you're in. Um, it can lead to like yeah direct action or it can lead to for me I, I sometimes i really liked it because it, it made me come to new realizations about my life but mm -hmm. i had the time to think about it hmm. mm -hmm. i see uh, that's interesting because um but yeah i'd say like from my experience that probably like a personal experience that probably caused me great sorrow was uh was i had an unrequited love so when i was in sophomore no yeah Maybe sophomore, sophomore year I, love <laughs> Whoa. wait wait, wait sophomore year of what of high school okay. of high school yeah all right you're like okay the, but the college, epitome of sophomore is it, there's a of difference sophomore. apparently yeah. well there is there's a sophomore year of college yeah well yeah. i mean i just I that's just, a very different age between 15 and what like, 19, yeah, 19. <laughs> like, for, for comparisons of love yeah i just it's right. just like and what's funny about that is it's like Life yeah experience. yeah because like yeah. how you perceive like yeah those two versions of love that'll yeah that'll make it but i mean I, I I understood that you were in high school because uh, I remember just recalling like my sophomore year of college is just my second year of college. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Okay, yeah. all yeah. right, all right. Yeah, I just but, wanted to clarify. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair. I'm glad that you did though. Okay, <laughs> so now we're in high school. Well, Alex. Well, love. Well, the thing was is that um, um, it was it happened outside the high school. You I know, see. Obviously, well, I wouldn't say obviously, but like. Um, it was around that age, basically. Uh, I I just couldn't pick up the number. I think it was, I was fifteen or something like that. Because okay. like it was, I was still in the whole like super religious go to church every single day phase. Uh -huh. Yeah, I used to be a, a super super duper ch religious church boy. Oh, and I had no idea about that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, okay. I I was like that until you know I rebelled, <laughs> so okay. and became a Roman Catholic. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What? <laughs> Roman Catholic, roaming Catholic. Like a roaming. Oh, a roaming Catholic. Catholic yes. I missed that yeah. detail. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, um, but like literally like every Thursday, uh, we went to this church in uh, Long Beach with me and my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a missionary, uh, missionary uh, church. Okay. And, you know, the first time I went there um like i didn't know anybody there like i i just you know did my thing you know mm -hmm. go to church praise god mm -hmm. all those good things you know and then um and then like you know i i saw i saw this girl mm -hmm. uh she was two years older than me she was in junior year of high school 
So she's okay. junior she's, year of high school, yeah, but she's but two she, years older than yeah, you. Yeah, 17. Okay. Well, she's, I think she started school late. I don't know. Okay. Something like that. Okay. But yeah, like we talked and had a good time. We connected with each other a lot. Um, this is very vulnerable for me. <laughs> it's good. Got I'm this, glad to get that out there. Yeah. If you can, so, whatever you're comfortable with. Put yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like we were, we were really vibing it out. Like mm-hmm. it was an interesting um, time because like. Uh, I, I learned I was learning to play guitar at the time mm. and like it was the most silliest scenario ever in my opinion was uh, when um like yeah like play us like his her name was a uh, uh, for confidential sake I call her T so K T K K anyways um but yeah like so she see she asked me like if I know any songs to play so like I played the most cheesiest song in the world. Happy birthday? No. All right. <laughs> it was um, it was "Kiss Me" by, by the Cranberries. Uh, Wait, no, no, no Six me. Packs since Six Pence None the Richer. Me, oh. I think it was that one. Kiss it's, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song. It's like the she's all that song, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> but Aww. like, yeah, like that was the only song I knew at the time. But like it was cute, That's and I so played that. Cute. Yeah. Okay, okay, so <laughs> good, good. So like, yeah, and it was interesting, but but like it was like our first time meeting up and everything like that. Sure. And you know, every time outside of church. No, well, oh. at church. You were at church. Yeah, playing we the guitar. Church. Playing the guitar, but like you're going out. Like this is like a date. No. Okay. No, it was like it's like hangout. Like every time, like church sessions over, like all the kids go out and play. Well, you know, I the see. parents make food. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was like a kind of like a church kind of group okay. meeting session, like that happens every Thursday okay. at, at at Long Beach, basically. Okay. Um, and then so like, like little so like after that, you know, um, we hanged out a lot. We hanged out like every time I went to church. Like I, I was uh, hoping to always see her all the time, mm. you know. So like we hanged out a lot. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that I never really initiated the step to actually ask her out. I see. Which was my problem. Okay. Because I, because like I never really thought of each other seeing uh, like actually being together sure because um one thing that really stuck in my mind was when she said she doesn't date boys younger than her so which was i was like all right cool you know like i'll quote unquote be the the brother you know it pretty much i kind of you know cocked block myself <laughs> well okay like <laughs> Uh, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that later yeah or maybe even later in this podcast but for now continue with this yeah, story this, this story um but yeah like and somehow like we had a really strong relationship you know she would like talk about uh like her her you know how how she likes music how she likes playing the ukulele um but like ukulele. Sorry. Ukulele. <laughs> but and, and but like after a while um, we couldn't see each other anymore because I had to go to Missouri for private school. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. This sounds like a teen movie. Not it a teen really movie. does. It sounds like more like a... I would watch this movie, but it's not like a teen It's not like a Disney movie, but it's like a movie. It sounds like a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and literally what happened was like I had to go to um, school in Missouri because um, 
Uh, there were situations that my parents had to deal with back at home that mm-hmm. they didn't want to be me being around because um, I, I guess I was too young to take it in. I mm. see. The whole situation. Okay. So um, I was, you know, going going to Missouri for two years um, at, a, at a private school. Oh. Yeah. Where 70% was an F. What? Yeah. 70% was an F. Oh, 70% was an F. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about grades. I was yeah. like... I thought you were talking about like I thought you were talking about like student demographics like <laughs> what because <laughs> I thought you were talking about like you're going to a school with like different types of people oh no, no 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 where you went to a school where the the educational standards standard were much higher yeah higher. yeah Got literally it. like so, yeah like a C that at a at a um public school is considered an F passing yeah wow it's considered an F at this private at school, school yeah. and I was stressed out so bad yeah that's probably mm. a very stre- that's a very stressful situation so, yeah so stressed out like mm-hmm. I was so not happy where I was at mm-hmm. but like I had to get through it because you know um they wanted me to be there so I was pretty much going to Missouri there because for my family basically mm-hmm. um and then I came back you know after two years hoping that she was still there she you didn't keep in touch with her? I kind of did. Okay. I kind of right, did. Right. You know, I talked to her over the phone and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know, um, like, like we would always stay in touch and everything like that. Um, and, so, and then after those two years, you know, I came back. Like the, and the day that I came back just to see her, because uh, I was hoping she'd be at that church again, she wasn't there. It was Where'd she go? Uh, yeah. Where'd you go? Right, yeah. Where'd you go, Where'd T? Where'd you go? Come back. So, okay. like... You know, and then, you know, and I still kept going to that church every Thursday just to, you know, see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't there. Mm. But like, but then until, you know, finally, you know, after my third week being there, like she actually came back. Oh, yeah. Yay. But like, so and then like we talked again and everything like that. And um, but 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 literally what happened was. um. But yeah, like she doesn't go to that place as much anymore because, you know, she's dealing with school, uh, learning to be, you know, a veterinarian okay. and taking care of animals. and Right, because the, she's a junior, right, at the mm, time that you went. And then two years after, she's like in college. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's in college now. So uh, she's she was at a CSU North. And you're a senior, right? Uh, yeah, senior. Yeah, so are you at least grad- probably or close to graduating? Close to graduating, yeah. Right. And like yeah, and she was at CSU Northridge. So, mm. um, but yeah, I, but like I stayed home on my senior year at Garner Grove High School. I see. So, um, and then like somehow we still kept this really long relationship, even you know since two or three years ago. Okay. So, but it was a really long distance relationship. I see. Right. It, but but the weirdest thing was that um, like we we kind of talked about. Like the past and everything like that. Sure. Like literally, um, when I was when I um like the last time I met with her was when she was hanging out at my house when I was when I moved it to a new uh, apartment, mm-hmm. um, my renting spot, and literally what broke down to it was that when we were talking about how we first met and everything like that, she was like, "Yeah, I was into you." She said that to me. <laughs> Yep. Boy! <laughs> you know what's funny? Is that if I was your friend, if I was like, I wish, I wish I had said something before you had said this right now. Yeah. Because if I was there, I'd be like, you, you just need to go. 
<laughs> I know. Because like doesn't date younger guys but continues to hang out with you consistently. Yeah. yeah like you know? let me uh anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so she but, was into you. Yeah, she said she was into me. But then she said but then then I asked her, I was like, wait, but like why didn't this happen? Because because she said because you said you didn't, you didn't make a move, right? Well, well, she said she. Well, this is what she said. Like, I thought you only see me as a sister. That's what you told me. <laughs> so you said that out loud, huh? I said that because because back then she said she was into younger boys. I was like, yeah, cool. You this know? is like, essentially the <laughs> the high school fumble. This, of, oh gosh, of, of every time, every yeah. time. You know, it's just like, <sighs> and <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Because ultimately, you guys, you know, like, I mean, I mean, you you guys have a relationship, and I'm sure you guys hopefully can laugh about it now. If not, it, it's it's pretty bad. Okay, well, I'll have to ask, <laughs> did you? How did you feel when you heard all that stuff? Um, I was quite surprised. But you weren't sorrowed. You were only feeling. Were you only feeling sorrow in the two years you weren't seeing each other? I was feeling sorrowful when like I didn't get to see her anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, okay. like you know, when I kept thinking about her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, it was crazy, because, like, especially, I remember this one time where she was dating a, a close friend of mine. Uh-huh. Oh. You know? Classic. Yeah. Classic she, high school. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I mean, like, I, as much as I wanted her for myself, like, I just wanted her to be happy. Right. You know? That's because you're a good guy. Yeah, and I knew both of them, and I always had to play the minimal man between both of their relationships. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been the, in the exact situation. Yeah. Guys mm-hmm. tend to have a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I mean, it's just, it's funny. There's like a lot of psychology to that, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's only because like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's something about like affection and love, right? Like. It has a way of like tossing and turning you and making you make decisions that sometimes are against your own self-interest at the time. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the, it's funny because it's very like all of that was like very reactionary, right? Like she says, like, I don't date guys, right? That are two years younger than me. And we don't really know why she said that. Yeah. Right. Um, it's probably like thinking about it, it's probably a defense mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like, it's probably her way, like subconsciously, of protecting herself. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then the same with Alex, yeah. Like, right. Oh, yeah, she only sees me this way. Well, I see you as a sister, so, it's right. fine, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Again, literally what happened. What that's happens is like happened, you're trying yeah. to preserve it with the because, like, everyone fears that taking the next step, you lose what you have, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so, in this regard, right, when that first comes out that's like very everyone trying to maintain protections Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about a relationship i think most of the time when people say stuff like that like oh like i don't really date blank i really don't blank date blank it's more like and it's attributes about yourself it's really more of a way of like i want to maintain this friendship first but people don't say this with the option of seeing where this goes because like if you know Mm -hmm. if she knew if you knew that she was attracted to you right away, the relationship could have evolved into something that she didn't have any control over. She's just right. not prepared to go into. Right. Vice versa uh, for you too. So again, people say things that they wish they did not say at the time. Yeah. Where it's like, I wish you were, I think of you as a sister, like, oh. And I think people think that's permanent. A lot yeah. of times. Uh, it's permanent in regards. So it's just, it, it's, it's tough because I see it all the time. It's one of those eternal things, especially in youth. 
Because if you're a good person, you don't want to put someone in an uncomfortable position. Right. And you don't want to be also the person that says, well, if you're not interested in the things that I'm interested in, in like developing this relationship in that way, then goodbye. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No one's like, again, like you're forced in situations, like you go to the same church. Imagine if you said that and then you would keep right. seeing each other. Like there's a lot of scenarios in that. And then what happens is like, yeah, you grew a, you grew a friendship that gave you great sorrow when you were separated. And I get that. But then I just think that that's, that's, that's the problem, right? Like um, in regards to all of that, like you have to, um, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where like, what if? Yeah. Because that I feel like is a, is a, pretty strong point of sorrow Mm -hmm. you know like um i could have had more i could have been more Mm -hmm. you know but i i just i lost my opportunity and i lost my abilities and stuff like that that's what i felt like i Mm -hmm. felt like when she said you know that uh she she wasn't interested in you know guys younger than her right i felt like i lost my opportunity right Right. there in the spot so you know i she eliminated me right away i can't change it i'm always gonna be younger than her (laughs) so like you know like i so at that point you know i i I gave up you know right i gave up but like i still wanted a strong relationship Mm -hmm. you know with her that's and then that's what i'm saying so that's why you end up in situations where Mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of guys um with girls um like with attractive girls and they're just friends but they want to be more even though they say they don't only because and they'll be like yeah i'll be the middleman between you and your boyfriend I'm like or you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy right mm-hmm. because you want to maintain your your relationship of happiness with that person and you care about them genuinely but then it puts you in like and i've been in that exact situation where you're like conflicted where it's like and then you're hearing from her side, like maybe how perhaps her boyfriend is not that good to her, or mm-hmm. you know, it's like they're not like you, and blank and blank. And you're like, like yeah, that. it could have been me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough to hear at that regard. But I, I mean, that's like the natural progression for a lot of guys when they come to um, meeting someone. I don't know, but like whenever you say, like when you said that, like I was thinking of uh, wedding dress, the song "Wedding Dress" by Tai, like Tai Yang. He's a Korean mm-hmm. pop artist. You don't know it? I definitely okay. don't know it. Okay. Jenny might know it, <laughs> uh, but I definitely don't know it. Because like, there's this um, because there's a music video that literally just explained that whole entire scenario of what you just did, mm-hmm. except the girl's getting married to his right. best friend. Oh. Yeah. I know Taeyang, but I haven't heard that song. But that's it's a it's a really old song, mm. and that comes mm-hmm. from a very natural place, right? Like. Well, um, I think it's like. Kind of like Alex was saying, you know, you still want to have some type of connection with that person that you care about. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, if I can't be romantically with you, at least I'll be your support system. Mm-hmm. And it's but like, that's a, but people don't realize it, that that's a, it's very sacrificing to yourself. Well, and it gets really dangerous because mm-hmm. then you start kind of, re- you can start resenting the person right. and like mm-hmm. actually, you know, and then I think that's where you need to think about it intentions like Mm -hmm. right and and you know in our youth we don't think about that like i mean it's just like yeah and you just you see what's in front of you i just want to be around you yeah i just want to be around you in whatever capacity that may be right Mm -hmm. and not realizing that like oh yeah because they don't have you don't have the experience yet to understand that this how this might wane on your yeah on your system or on your soul just like seeing someone you deeply care for 
deeply care for someone else yeah like it's hard. it's hard you know like mm-hmm. it's hard that you're maybe losing out in time mm-hmm. and then, you know that they could be slipping away from you and but at the same time you you do you you do the reverse right like you you don't put them in an even more uncomfortable position by telling them how you really feel mm-hmm. you instead like yeah go for it like you know i want you to be happy with the hope and i think this is like and this is where i feel like hollywood fucks up all the time yep is like it's like oh like i'll see you like i will just see you don't have to say anything i'll just come to eventually appreciate you yeah but the problem is with most human beings it's just like there's too much going on in their lives usually to take notice to like usually like i think how we're wired is like we take notice of things that are off things that are bad right so all of our focus is fixing right most of our Mm, things mm -hmm. so appreciation is more of like a passive kind of like uh emotion so if you're hoping that appreciation will come to the forefront of her mind right that can only come if right the other situation is so bad that they realize like oh like you're so good but or if if you start pulling away yeah if you start pulling away and then they realize the system is like yeah the appreciation the lack of absence and then here's the issue then there right like it's like but if you double down and do everything you can to support her and make sure that that relationship that she's with someone else is better Mm -hmm. then she will never really realize or he will never really realize like oh like the only reason why our rela- the relationship with another person works is because I have this other person. So you're right. essentially in a three-way relationship with yeah. somebody. Yeah, that's very good. And, that, yeah. so, and so, but you know, like, hey, like, I'll take it. Like, I'll, you know, like, if mm-hmm. you're that guy and you're deeply affectionate for that person, a lot of guys will end up doing that, mm-hmm. right? But, and then it's like, it's like, it's like really painful for a lot of folk. Right. But, mm-hmm. Well, I think it kind of like perpetuates that hope where it's like, oh, if things don't work out with this guy, right. like... You're like she'll, jockeying she'll, position. She'll realize yeah, she'll much. realize that I've always been here, yeah. and it's like, I, yeah, like you said, I don't think I, I don't think we always have the capacity to do that, mm-hmm. like outright. Like it's a nice it's a nice idea, mm-hmm. and, I, and not to say that it doesn't happen. Like I'm sure it does. You know, there's always like, oh, you're the person that's been here all along. <laughs> but like that's such. That's, that's such like a story right and you know you want, and like people like that's such a there's a reason why those stories are still very much popular yeah because like you're very much wanting of that fairy tale oh that yeah. feeling yeah. yeah right but like what they don't really ever show you right again like it's a it's entertainment right yeah it's derived to develop feelings in that very ephemeral sense like it's very temporary mm-hmm. and then, yeah and then what you don't realize is like oh man like like what how am i gonna get there and then can i really live with myself doing these things and whatever maybe like they don't you know you don't see the sometimes you kind of see it like in like acting like the torture of someone just waiting for somebody oh Oh, i hate that and then the sorrow of it Mm -hmm. you know uh of of going in there of just waiting and waiting mm -hmm. and And again but you have to realize right like you may want to choose that right like it's like hey like that's my choice but then other people around your life feel like you're losing yourself in that as well i was well. gonna and say then, yeah, yeah then, then like was, what life are you living yeah. exactly and then yeah, they feel a sense of loss in you too like, yeah. a sense of sorrow like you're trying because like honestly i was trying to care so much for her mm-hmm. but sacrificing myself at the same yeah. time right. and then like what's the point in that because then honestly like who's who's gonna want you <laughs> Not, that, and, yeah like that sounds so bad but you know what i mean like when you lose your identity you lose what's special about you mm-hmm. right. and it's like 
honestly, like, people don't want to be with people who aren't them. Like, if you can't be yourself around the person that you care about most, then it's like, what's what's the point? Yeah. Like, and I know that sounds harsh, but, like, that's the reality. Like, you really have to take care of and, like, be who you are, and that's going to... That's what makes you special. So take care of that. Like, don't give that up for anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody. <laughs> anybody. Anybody. One more time for the back. Anybody. Uh, yeah, and I think there's there because yeah, giving up a stronger sense of giving up a sense of yourself um, for someone else may seem noble, but trust when I say that you're going to have a if you want to pay that price. Um, you're gonna live with a sense of sorrow that you may, if you're prepared for it, you you can you can go ahead and do it. But there is gonna be a sense of sorrow and losing yourself. Mm-hmm. I I did it, like, and again, not to beat a dead horse, uh, and repeat things that have been said. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I was in a, I was in like a nine year relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. and nine years requires. Um, I think it requires. I haven't been in another nine year relationship, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, it requires that you give up, um, like, you know, there are parts about yourself that you have to be willing to give up that you maybe never thought were on the table to mm. give up, right? Or, like, you're forced in situations where you're just, and you're forced in situations where you, you have to pay the price of, like, sadness, of sorrow, of anger, uh, for it to continue to exist and survive, mm-hmm. right? And again, it's like very noble ideas. Like I, I, I still do. Like I, I still wear that relationship as maybe toxic and as dysfunctional as it was as a badge of honor mm-hmm. that like I was in something for nine years. Yeah. You know, like that it shows the, my capacity for commitment. But at the same time, like I don't think I went about it the right way mm. because I was re- at that time I was still developing myself. If I had a stronger sense of myself, mm-hmm. right. Uh, then committed to someone at least I would know where I more exactly am right. in that relationship when you're young you're still really trying to figure out how you're gonna be yeah right and if you and investing yourself in another person to help you do that right there you better hope that that person is the person you want to re- like you it's hard to say you're going to be lucky enough to find that person, but it happens, right? You, your high school sweetheart, you've been married for like 40, 50 years. Yeah. And I don't know what the circumstances may be, why you stayed that long, but you know, like, oh, hey, you, maybe you found it. Yeah. But if you haven't, you put in danger your sense of, you put aside yourself mm-hmm. to cater for someone else yeah. mm-hmm. because of the feeling that you're getting in doing that, right? Of being, of feeling connected, of feeling, you know, like unique of feeling like um like caring and nice and good right like that's an infectious feeling to have to feel good like i feel like a good person Mm -hmm. and nothing is easier to do that in than taking care of another person yeah but the problem is is like when we reflect that behavior back in ourselves we kind of have the narrative that's kind of bad like that's selfish to only think or cater to yourself or thing. but we're trying to change that narrative a little bit or like try to even it out yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I can imagine, like, yeah, the sense of sorrow you felt because you never got to say what you wanted to say yeah. when you had the chance to. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I literally told her, like, literally only two years ago. But, like, the thing was is that, you know, after a long period of time, 
of course they're not going to feel the same way as they did before. Right. Yeah, time has a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So and so again, like you know, and then you know, like regret comes from that also, and mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But then, you know, you just want to make sure that like okay, and again, like I said, like in that sense of sorrow, like it's just I feel like it's. For me, this is actually segues perfectly into my sense of loss, right? Which is like this idea of um, unfulfillment, right? Mm. Like, or just not being your full potential Mm -hmm. at a certain thing. And I think that's like a great sense of sorrow because, but it's one that's more abstract, obviously, but one that I feel like a lot of people feel um, because it's like, we have so much opportunity, I guess, quote unquote, we've been told, right? Like mm-hmm. in our lives, we have so much opportunity and we could be anything that we want to be. Uh, and it's okay to have your dreams, right? And whatever it may be. But then at the same time, it's like when you're not fulfilling those goals, um, you're like, well, like, like, why not? And you just feel so sad and you're not being the, the you that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sucks because like, I think, it's like the again nobody wants to sit into that in that in that in that place so people rush to yeah. try to get out of that sort to find anything that is easily seen as fu- like like accomplished fulfilling stable mm-hmm. you know whatever it may be and so yeah, yeah there's they, like, they, they 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 don't work through it Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they yeah, yeah, they don't really, they really don't have, they don't really, a lot of times in like it, there's a system for it, right? Like parents have their set goals for you. They, they, they kind of, um, they parent based off their wisdom from their own childhood, right? Yeah. There's not really a manual, like there's like some manuals, right? About parenting behaviors, but based off their experiences, certain parents will be like, oh, that makes sense. Or no, not for my child, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But their goals or expectations are, are lived vicariously through you because they don't want. This is, this is always the line. I want you to have a better life than I did. Right. But then half the time, I think a lot of kids always come to this realization, right? It's like, well, you're such a great person, right? Why can't I have that life? Or whatever, yeah. Maybe. And the issue is, is this, is this is what I learned that your parents are, yeah, they're they're strong for you, they're happy for you. But they themselves have emotional scars that they will never show you. Mm-hmm. They never want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they have a deep sense of sorrow. And they, when they say they want a better life for you, that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the struggles they had to do to get to where you are. Yeah. And they don't want you to have those struggles. Yep. Right? Because, yeah, it built character in them, maybe. And, but at the same time, they would be like, oh, I would do anything to not have this memory or to not have yeah. to carry around this pain or whatever it is. And then they, and they instinct that to their child. But in doing so, and I see this a lot in my work, it's like um, they rush kids without really knowing, without giving them time to develop who they are. Yeah. And, and then they just rush it with by saying like, well, they're kids. They don't know who they are. I tell them who they are. Right. <laughs> right? Like school will let them know who they are. That's what school is for. But really, school is more like, well, we don't really show them who they are. We really just kind of show them what can be. Yeah, it's like who you could be. And we try to make sure all the doors are open. But we don't personally say like, hey, you have this ability and you should be practicing this. And this is where you should be going. This is literally like the scenario where I'm just referring to a lot of movies. And scenes <laughs> like this. It's all right. Um, That's you, what they're there for. Do you remember the movie Ants? Yeah. 
the like the the red the red ants were yeah. just like <laughs> the <salon laughs> literally the literally in the beginning of the, like the 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 movie it, like shows a scene of like all the baby ants you know having like a helmet on their on their heads like worker gives them a pickaxe and the next person's like soldier puts a helmet on it and then they repeat and repeat to the next ant right <laughs> and so yeah and then they, that and for those who don't know that movie the the protagonist. Uh, just doesn't fit in either of those categories. Yeah. He's like a comedian, like and he's just <laughs> trying right. to. He's just trying to, you know, <laughs> and he's trying to, you know, trying to live outside of the of the opportunities and, and bounds of his society, and that's like that's an issue, right? Like, um, I think we were told that there's only certain opportunities that are viable, mm. and but the reality is not all of us fit in those things. I think all of us kind of are in that in that boat. Yeah, you know, we had to find our own way. And we had to, you know, figure that out. But it was not necessarily by, um, like, by the conscious support of like, you know, like outside forces. Because it's just be like these are unconventional paths. Yeah. Right. They're unsteady. They're you know they're just uns like unproven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to that degree. But I think what tends to happen is like people get rushed into paths, and I, and then they just get really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why did I? spend all of this money in a job that I really don't like or hate for the status because at the end of the day right it's cute at cocktail parties but when you're alone in the dark it's all you have is you all you all you're impressing is you mm-hmm. and like the memories that you have about the job that you're in you know and it's yeah. just like oh whatever mm-hmm. it is and that's one of those things where like you know how people sometimes you hear like don't take it so seriously it's just a job right and it's like but really if you're working 40 hours a week, like you're quote unquote supposed to be doing at a steady job with like, that's most of your life. It is. So darn well I should be able to care about it. Like mm-hmm. this is where I spend most of my time. I spend more, more time with my coworkers than I do with my family and friends. Correct. And like that's how it is for the majority of society. Like that's just the nature of how it is and working you know when you're trading time for money at at a corporation so it's it's that weird societal thing where they give you like two different messages like oh don't worry about it too much it's just a job but it's like no this is my life like I can't set and that's the thing too it's like you can't really separate life and work because work is your life like that's what you're doing like it shouldn't I don't think it should definitely define you like that's not the only things that we do but like that's a majority of where your time is spent so like definitely take time to think about it and like really make sure it is fulfilling and like you said before that's I think what that's what we're moving towards which I think is a positive thing but it's also really hard because the system isn't quite set up for that right Mm -hmm. I remember I remember getting chastised uh, by older generations because they would tell us we have what we call zero work ethic, mm. right? Like the ethic being that like you can stand being in a place you don't want to be in, right? Right. For just because it, it's necessary and it's important, right? But then I remember historically, right, like that same generation, right, would, would work like super hard mm-hmm. and then do nothing when they got home. Right. Right. They would just husbands would just be like or like whomever be working and they would just relax, turn on the TV and zone out. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Right. Like, I think, you know, like we feel like 
like you you yeah you have like work ethic whatever it may be but you're like you're really not happy and because you're not happy you have zero energy to do the things that you're doing yeah, you have discipline and I'll, I'll i will concede that for lots sure lots of discipline and sometimes our generation needs a little bit more of that but what i will also say is like this is also the same generation that like avid alcoholism was a problem mm. right drinking away like the sorrows of a job that you do day in day out whatever it may be and not finding fulfillment in your life and by other means other than like escapism mm-hmm. oh man that was like that was bad times right and so what i'm saying in this regard is right like a lot of times right like i feel like if you find the thing that you're really passionate about and you're really good for right like that's our that's our new mentality right like mm-hmm. make it a job or make it your career yeah. because it makes you happy and then the rest of your life will unfold naturally in that sort of happiness mm-hmm. right? you won't sit in that sorrow right and i i just think about just how in general like generationally right we perceive labor and how back then labor was a chore was the pain Mm -hmm. and then it was the point of their sorrow yeah and then they would escape into those things so that's how i guess generationally how they work through their sorrow but i think us like our generation just works through sorrow differently that's definitely how that's Mm -hmm. gonna work out in that regard yeah i think i like briefly touched on it how i just kind of like working through sorrow as in terms of like in my situation like I just kind of got back to what I needed to do mm-hmm. and like focused on like my day-to-day tasks kind of right. thing was how I worked through it um but like in your situations how do you think you worked through the sorrow and then like how do you view those situations now I think like after the working through them yeah mm. I think for me like sorrow is a particularly like reflective emotion it is same um yeah so that's i want to know on the i mean on the top of my head how i work through my sorrow um i really haven't given this one much thought actually okay you know so this talk it out yeah let's figure it out yeah yeah let's think about the last time that you were you felt sorrow and then what did you do to get out of it well let's see here because like i guess i'll talk about my tattoo for a bit okay all right yeah because literally alex has a super cool tattoo tattoo. don't really know if you guys know that it's got chalice and it's dope it's just chalice there's actually more there's a whole lot it's a big tattoo but it's really it's it's beautiful it's it's my first tattoo Okay, so, nice. so we went big or go home. Yeah, right? that's literally, <laughs> literally the scenario, you know? Like, I wanted, you know, some, like, I wouldn't get a tattoo unless it meant something to me. Right. So, literally, like... What does it mean to you? This is... What it means to me is a sign of, of victory. Okay. So, like, the battle scores that I had to go through in my life. Uh-huh. And literally, like, this whole big picture was a whole symbolization of... We'll post a picture on the Instagram so you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, the thing, the reason, you know, like, it, it, it symbolized that I was able to get, get through my harsh past. Okay. And be able to move forward. Okay. You know? And... And that was just, you know, the whole situation of how I was able to survive today mm-hmm. um, from when I ran away from home and That's everything it. like that, you know. 
And what helped me get past um, work through my sorrow out was really talking to Mitch. You mm. know? Oh, nice. Um, he's who you know, as I said before, our dance director for outer class. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't really share my sad stories with everyone. Well, I've shared it with you and right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it, it was it was really interesting for me to actually open up and talk about you know those sad those really painful things for me because mm-hmm. I felt like back then, in order for me to work out my sorrow, was really just to man up and take it. Mm. I thought like I had to really, really just just take ownership of it and just move on with it. Like, yeah, this is me. This is what I've been through, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. But like, I felt like it was really important to actually just share that moment with someone who had a different perspective and maybe see what he would have done or see what would have helped out. Mm-hmm. In a situation like mine, mm-hmm. so but yeah, like when I went, like I would talk to Mitch, you know, about this thing, you know, here and there. Um, I'm still trying to open up about it as well, because it because uh, it's not something that I'm used to. Yeah. But like, um, I remember this one phrase that he told me, and he said, "A bird cannot fly if it's chained to the ground." Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So I had to let let it go. Yeah. I think that's what helped me was when Mitch told me that 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 that, that metaphor. Yeah. And to me that translated to I have to let go of what happened to me and really move on mm-hmm. with with the life that I've been given. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And really look at a more positive, you know, light. Right. Cuz um, cause like, uh, I'm, I'm a very, you know, dark person. I'm a very negative person sometimes, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm still, you know, trying, I'm still doing the best I can, mm-hmm. you know, with, with what, what's, what bearings that I have to bear. And the most interesting thing is that every time I look at this, like, yeah, look at my tattoo, like I, I feel at peace, mm. even though it talks about death, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel at peace because. Uh, I ended my struggle, mm. you know? Like, I don't think about the pain that I went through mm-hmm. uh, anymore. You know, I, lear- I learned that it's it's just a part of I had to go through growing up. Yeah. I grew up too fast, mm. you know? It, and the interesting thing about it, too, is that remember the um, um, last Friday... Uh, uh, this Friday, like two days ago. Yeah, just this when past we were, Friday. When we were doing the um, Erica's piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful piece. Because mm-hmm. I was able to relate to that. The whole, my, my secret behind that, my door, mm-hmm. was being a child. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I, like, that was behind my door. Mm-hmm. Because I... Uh, I literally had to grow up really, really quick when I when I was you know sixteen years old, because mm-hmm. cause literally I had to get out of my house and be an adult, get a job. I had no room to to play. I had no room to really create. I had no room to really enjoy the things that I had to do. Sure. Because I was in a situation where I can't be myself anymore. 
my my kid like self mm-hmm. i had to grow be an adult have responsibilities and get shit done right so and 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 really it's a, it's literally a process for me right now that i'm learning to you know be okay with being you know a kid again being okay mm-hmm. um to be happy again and really you know really grow in that perspective right it's the sense of for me it's not about growing older it's me it's in my brain it, for me i have to learn to grow younger mm. mm-hmm. so that's interesting thought. that's good mm-hmm. so so i think what helps me work out through my sorrow is getting a tattoo i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> get inked get inked there you go that mm. helps but like well. <laughs> but like it, it was interesting because like the, the pain getting through the tattoo was really a huge symbol of how of what I went through, mm. so um, really, so I think that's what helped me out was mm-hmm. really just to always have something you, you can look at, just to remind yourself that hey, I got through this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's that's what helps me is always having something I can visually see that I got through this. Right. You know. And then that's good because it's like honestly like. Um, I'm glad that sometimes it's just important to, to remind yourself and like you're great at this like you're great at like remind, reminding yourself like um, how far you've come yeah and who what you're capable of doing right reminds me of like um, the matrix the third one no the second one okay where Morpheus or the third I don't know the one where Morpheus makes a speech and he's like the speech is about like he, he the, the, the the mechanical army is coming right but that the city of zion the human city should not be afraid and it's not because of um the prophet neo right it's about what happened in the past that for like years right for like hundreds of years the city has stood against machine armies before and has still prevailed Mm-hmm. Right? It's not about the road in front of them. It's about the road that was that lay behind them that has shown that they can endure, mm. right? that they can move forward and stuff like that. And um, But tidbit, I guess, about this story, that you find out that's a lie. But, <laughs> but I think the, 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 the sentiment remains true, right? And specifically for you, it remains, it rings very true to this idea that like, yeah, sometimes it's like, perseverance right like that's that's something to 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 kind of go through and then you had to very much and i'm and looking back at it now like you see it as a very much maybe a positive right like to the development that you're cap- you're a very capable human being right mm-hmm. and that when push came to shove right uh the world did not let you like fall like you you did not let the world like pull you down you know and keep you down this is really inspiring that's awesome yeah um well, i think it's important about, oh sorry to have those like conversations like have like kind of have those people around that you can open up to and like be vulnerable with right because that's a and that like that's a skill but to like build that kind of to rapport yeah um so that's really cool too yeah let me um sorry yeah there's like a store no 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 (laughs) but this is like a the idea of an individual to help you um or to have someone you could you can talk to your sorrows about mm-hmm. is is something that I feel like if you if you ever feel that way that 
it makes all the difference in the world to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you a situation where if you don't have it, how bad things can get. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, well, the friend groups that I had in high school, right? Like they're like, they're great guys. And they're probably the most hilarious people I've ever met in my life. Uh, they are, but we grew up dark. Mm. In a sense, like our humor is shaded in darkness. Mm -hmm. Like you, I, I, I have not necessarily grown away from that, but I am just, I defer it to like, and when I go back home, it feels like home when mm. I get to say jokes about like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, like, 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 like orphans or about like, um, you know, how terribly ugly that guy is today or just like really mean things because mm -hmm. that's how we grew up. And like that, again, however your sense of home is, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, that's your home. But with that being said, that's all we ever were to mm. each other. That's the nature of our relationship. It was just jokes and it was like going to the movies and playing video games and that was it. Right. And then I realized I craved more. So, but I had already this relationship between all my friends it had been pretty much cemented and i knew this because there was tests that showed we were just incapable of changing or growing mm -hmm. one of them was a um one of them was a, a a a decision a friend had made about getting married and how we did have dissent but we had no courage to say anything or mm -hmm. few of us did and um and that that was that was uh disheartening Another one was um, something a little bit more personal, and it's not really my story to tell, but I do want to stress the point about it because um, my friend, um, he was uh, he's he he was probably one of the most hilarious out of the bunch, uh, but apparently he was traumatized by deep sorrow, mm. and the way he dealt with it was through alcohol and uh and he had a girlfriend who loved him very much but um it, ta it had taken its toll like mm -hmm. you can own sometimes the pains of which we carry right you wish another person could carry them too and you love you love them for as much as you can for but no one's a saint mm -hmm. sometimes there's certain burdens you're just incapable of carrying and she we at a certain point we just sympathized with her and but it got to a point where it was really bad where he makes a scene. We were in Las Vegas one day. We're in a scene and he is he is freaking the he is flipping out. And when he drinks, he gets really obnoxious. But the, today it was like deep seated sadness. And um he was like uh he he was he was terrible. Like in the lobby, he's yelling and like he is he is like security is coming towards us now and we have to figure it out. We take him back to the room and he's crying and he's telling me the stories about the losses in his family, how he feels maybe he doesn't measure up. He's like kind of puking and he's kind of pouring his guts out. Um, without getting into too much detail, he also lost somebody, mm -hmm. which is probably where his alcohol kind of like stems from mm -hmm. as well as maybe other things about yeah. fulfillment. I talked to him because I had left the group for some time and I had come back, but I had come back with the ability, not, I don't know, this, now this is hubris, um, being that the nature of the story and how it will go along, but I felt like I could talk to him because I felt like I, I was capable, and I did, and he did feel better at the time, 
But, you know, his girlfriend had broken up with him. Mm. You know, it was like enough has been enough. And he was in a downward spiral. My friends decided they wanted to cheer him up. And I wasn't there. Um, and, you know, but the, those who were there, you know, they, they're trying to be good friends to him. And there was one thing that interested us. And um, it was like the friend that took him, right? And they, their shared interest was firearms and guns. And they went to a gun show. And um, somehow my friend was able to get a hold of a loaded firearm and he, he shot himself. Uh, but it didn't kill him. It, it came out. And, you know, it's, um, it, did, it did very noticeable damage. It did. And it, he was in the hospital. We had learned about it. Oh, I was so upset. Mm -hmm. I was so upset. I was upset at all the wrong people, too. I was just, that's how I am. Mm -hmm. um, he was in the hospital. We visited him. Half of his skull had collapsed in. Um, and now he has to wear like, well, he grew out his hair, but at a point, like he had to wear like a very special helmet when he finally came out of the hospital. But in his sorrow, he had hastened to rush to an action to stop the pain. And now he's frozen in time, I guess is a way to say it. Mm. He will never be anything more than that guy because he can't conceive anything more anymore. Like he, he had been able to you know like he does the same jokes sometimes I see him but he'll always laugh exactly the same way he'll always say almost the exact same things you know responses will always be the same you know and I think about that story I think about how I should feel what I did wrong what happened things that are maybe beyond my measure of control mm -hmm. and that there are like and a friend of mine another friend of mine she told me like you know some, you have like you like Cedric have this tendency to carry burdens that you should not be carrying yeah but that's what sorrow kind of is right? yeah and so I look at that story and I think about that's how he worked through his and in mine I reacted to that with sorrow myself mm. And I just deeply reflected about what I should be doing and in those moments and how to be a good person and how to, you know, um, make sure that like I don't let sorrow take over me. And the one thing I, I learned I to do and which makes me I'm very I don't know if I'm proud of it per se, but I would say that I'm very I, I won't say that I'm willing to sit in sorrow like I can sit in it. Mm -hmm. and let it teach me the lessons that it's supposed to teach me mm. without rushing to leave it. Uh, and again, I'm afforded that time. You mm -hmm. know, like I took my time to do it. And it was very much like, and when that situation occurred, it was very much like if learning to sit and understand your pain, but at the same time being able to talk about that pain, because the one thing I do to myself 
is that I can talk to myself about what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I had myself and the skill sets, but if I didn't, if I never left that group and if I just stayed exactly where I was, I would be in a, I feel like in a much more depressed state, mm-hmm. you know, because of like the lack of emotional intellect at times that I have. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's very much like the importance of having somebody to help you cultivate your understanding of self through pains like that mm-hmm. is tantamount to being able to survive in this world. Yeah. Know? And so, um, but it sucks because it takes courage and it takes the extension and it takes the idea of being open and honest and, and prying at times when maybe people don't want you to, mm-hmm. you know, if I had, if I had checked up on him a little bit more, if I had poked a little bit more, I think about that mm-hmm. and I shouldn't because sometimes you spiral, but yeah. you can't help but to do so because it came with great tragedy. Yeah. I don't mean to bring everybody down, but... Um, yeah, it was, it's that kind of episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things where the reason why I'm not crying about it is because I dealt with the sorrow as it was, and I, I kept reflecting about it, yeah. you know, and I'm able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not really my story to tell, and I'm sorry for those who feel like it was something that should have been kept secret, but... If there's anyone who can hear it and can sympathize with it, maybe a dire tale is what they need to know. Yeah. So that they can get the help that they feel they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, that was a very strong point to leave off. I don't know if it should have been our last point. But, yeah. but I mean, I mean, like, I think it's important to understand that, you know, life is not all sunshine and rainbows. There mm. are hard times and stuff like that. Um, I'd say, you know, I'd say we're pretty lucky in a sense. I feel like I'm lucky that we're living in a much better time in a much better place where we're at right now, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, sometimes bad things are a good reminder of us, if, you know, that of the things that we have now is actually better right. than before. Right. Because... It's great to see the good things in life, but it's always important to remember the history of the bad things that happens before us. Right. And, and you know, some of these bad things help change the world today for a better place as well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but in, in all due honesty, like, I thought that was a very, very meaningful story. And I hope, you know, our listeners were able to... Um, uh, relate to that or reflect to that as well. So I'm hoping so as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd say let's you know let's end this on a very positive note. Sure. You know, like for for our, for our final thoughts, what do you think is a helpful, uh, good way to to look forward for the better future for yourself? Oh, for me. Uh, do you want to go first, or should I go first, or? Go ahead. Um, in regards to like a betterment of your future and sorrow, I think, oh man, it's it's tough because I think about the situation I just recalled to, and it was it's not entirely, it's not like faulted, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the system was bad. Yeah. Like our system was bad. Like we were just stunted idiots emotionally. <laughs> yeah. And if you surround yourself in that 
and but you feel sorrow and depression in those regards like it's it's okay to to disregard please disregard societal beliefs about how you can get through it by yourself and on your own and stuff like yeah. that like extend your hand and just put yourself out there because i i trust you somebody wants to take care of you mm -hmm. they do you know like they you're not if you're in that much pain you're not a burden right like you are someone worth like you are so much more like worth like like kind of like saving from that pain yeah so like don't be afraid to just be like if you're close to someone but you're worried about the nature of your relationship to be like hey i know this is gonna be odd or sad but i i have nowhere else to turn to and i feel like it needs to be said mm -hmm. you know and but don't let it get to the point where you know like you would rather like just sit alone in the dark like before you get to that point just say to yourself like hey like i don't want to sit alone in the dark yeah i want to talk to somebody and you can trust me like sorrow is a very universal feeling and there's so many people who may not even know you um that will understand you and then vice versa people who do know you who want to understand you in that way yeah so give them the opportunity to be the good person in your life that you would want mm -hmm. so that's my advice on that yeah um i think cedric listening to your story and just like kind of thinking about how i've viewed sorrow in the past i think it's really i think it's easy and um like and to get into a cycle of um, just kind of beating yourself up about decisions and like carrying those burdens about what you could have done, what could have happened. I mean, even for Alex, like there's that big what if. Right. Um, but I think it's really important to remember that you did the best you could mm. with the information and at the place that you were at the time mm. yes like reflecting on it maybe the situation that you're in right now you would have done something differently but mm -hmm. like whatever you're reflecting on or feeling you know bad about like whatever's like weighing on you just remember that you did you do the best that you can with whatever you have like and I, I think that's something that we don't give ourselves enough credit for is like you don't know until you, you know <laughs> yeah. like you know they say hindsight is twenty twenty, so you have a lot of clarity when you're looking back at something but like don't I would say try if you can try not to judge your past self for what you did in that situation just like love yourself and give give yeah. yourself grace to like you did the best that you could and mm -hmm. um and you know take what you can take those lessons and see if like if it comes up again hopefully you could you do something differently but maybe not and yeah and just be gentle with yourself i think is the main thing because this is hard stuff. Right. It it's is. Really, it's really it's hard stuff. It's really hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
especially talking about something something like because sadness is a very very strong part of our life oh yeah you know um but it's it's almost like the the similarity between life and death you you can't have life unless something dies mm. you know and you can't and nothing lasts forever right you know the beautiful things in life don't have that great of a lifespan mm -hmm. and it's important to cherish those beautiful things while it still lasts mm -hmm. and even if it's when you're in a, in a deep state a state of sadness or of sorrow like really really look at the small things just look at the little things mm -hmm. how much meaning they can give mm -hmm. you know like i i'd say you know you, you don't have to sacrifice your own self for your own ha your your own happiness mm. because if you give in to so much of your sorrow then you're just losing yourself yeah you're mm -hmm. you're, you're losing yourself period you you become an empty shell yeah. of pain of, right. of torture and and the only person that's constantly giving yourself that negativity that pain and is is you is you yeah so it's i i think really think it's real important to yourself when you ever feel that you're in a very painful set of sadness is always take a step to go towards happy things mm. you know like kind of question things like why, why are they feeling happy why do they feel happy mm. and really appreciate that happiness in the process mm -hmm. and i think what's really important is like you don't have to be if you're if you're feeling sorrow like now or ever you don't have to feel happy right away yeah you know take your like i wouldn't say like like if there's a way to make you happy and that you know like go ahead but again like you can start small, you mm -hmm. know? Just, yeah, don't think of it as, like, I need to be never sorrow again. Yeah. But it's just, like, realizing, like, look, I'm in this pit or I'm in this place. How will I get out? Just, you know, slowly and surely, you know? But cater to yourself because, like, I think... And it's important. And, again, just, yeah, like, I, I want us to really end on, like, a really positive yeah. note. So, like... <laughs> I think, like, in general, if you ever feel like, you know, like, let us, like, even if, like, if you, if, if, if my first DM in Instagram is like, hey, I heard your podcast and I'm not feeling good about who I am. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, what let's, you... let, yeah, well, whatever you want to talk about is whatever you want to talk about. And I'm happy to get, again, we're not experts. You mm -hmm. know, and I says we might even just refer to you depending on how we feel. Like, hey, you should consider this. You should consider that. Again, whatever it may be. And we may be out of our depth, but if you want someone who cares, that's something to like, that's like a small step, like knowing who cares. Yeah. And you, you should know that we do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, and people do. People care. People care about your sorrow. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. For a number of different reasons. So let them people care, care for you. People care about you. Yeah. Let mm -hmm. them care for you. You know, give them the opportunity to have that feeling. Because I know if you felt sorrow, maybe at sometimes, maybe you also know the feeling of like giving and yeah. the feeling of catering for someone. Because um, just like the movie Inside Out, right? Mm -hmm. The only person that could make Bobo happy when he was sad was sadness, mm -hmm. right? Because they could connect. 
mm-hmm. right? We think of sorrow as a way of isolating us, but if you get through it, it's a way of connecting you with other people as well in a meaningful yeah. and, and sometimes even beautiful way, right? When you realize someone has been through the same things perhaps you have, and not just like triumphs, but in tribulations, you connect in a way that is just unsurpassed by other things, yeah. right? And you can sense that. And um, you should think about that. You know, don't think of your sorrows as like completely negative things. But like, you know, with, with, um, with Alex, I know that he'll probably be with someone who has been through struggles mm-hmm. that can appreciate him and he can appreciate her for the struggles that they have been together and the tribulations. And they all know how to make each other happy mm-hmm. because they know how each other, how each one of them gets sad and falls into sorrow. And that's the thing, you know, like, it's nothing it's like you said it's not forever but you know you you if you when you get through it you'll be able to connect deeper with people if you give it a chance yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah so yeah um if you guys ever want to follow uh our creative emotions instagram page it's uh creative underscore underscore emotions yes double yeah. underscore it yep <laughs> Double underscore. That's why I'm posting the picture of Alex's tattoo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then for, um, and then if you want to follow me, uh, Alex, uh, you can uh, follow my Instagram page at blackfrost underscore Lee, L E, uh, L3 L A C K F R O S T underscore L E. Nice. And if you're looking for me, um, I am, uh, Papa Seti, Seti Papa? Papa Seti. <laughs> yes. I always forget my own Instagram. <laughs> Papa Seti, uh, and it's P-A-P-A-C-E-D-D-Y-A-8. Uh, yeah. And me, I'm at, at, at Curiously Radiant on Instagram. So let me know. Mm-hmm. Come talk if you need anything. Right, yeah. All Just right. drop us some uh, yeah, information. And I'm again, if you're feeling a little down, talk to somebody if you can. Yeah. Just just a little bit for a little while. You know, mm-hmm. build that relationship if you can. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening to us talk to each other because yes. this helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps us too. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good day, you guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.